That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblr Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. I'm your host, Anthony, and from now until the end of the pandemic, we will be bringing you that new new every Tuesday with a little pairing to make those indoor days more magical. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad business even under quarantine, so I invited a couple of friends to sit down over Skype and keep the good vibes rolling. And they are... Ryan, your music connoisseur. And Pedro, your mixologist. And a lot has happened this week, so we're going to get right into it. Over the past few weeks, we've seen global protests against racism and police brutality following the death of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police. Amid the turmoil, many artists have released tracks voicing their support for Black Lives Matter, as well as their own experience of being black in America. This week alone, we've seen TNT favorite Anderson Pop drop Lockdown, along with hers, I Can't Breathe, and perhaps most notably, Queen Bee herself, with Black Parade, released last Friday in commemoration of Juneteenth. In it, Beyonce celebrates both her Southern heritage and womanhood with a fever that recalls Lemonade's essential formation. Before dropping the track, the singer launched a new initiative by the same name, supporting Black-owned businesses. Happy Juneteenth weekend, she says. I hope we can continue to share joy and celebrate each other even in the midst of struggle. Please continue to remember our beauty, strength, and power. Check out the link in our episode description to learn more. The music industry itself is also taking strides to address racism in the wake of the protests. On June 5th, Republic Records announced that it would be removing the term urban from their description of departments, employee titles, and music genres. Five days later, the Recording Academy itself followed suit, saying it would be renaming urban categories at the Grammys. The moves follow a wave of criticism that the term is outdated and couched in racism. It was originally coined in 1974 by radio programmer Frankie Crocker to describe a broad mix of R&B, hip-hop, disco, rap, and everything, quote, from James Brown to Dinah Shore. But specifically, it was a rebrand of black music and culture that made it marketable to mainstream white audiences. Proponents of the move state that the word urban was used internally in music industry circles to prevent black executives from advancing, and isn't even needed in a cosmetic sense now that hip-hop and R&B have become the dominant force in pop music. Critics, on the other hand, say that getting rid of urban may contribute to the erasure of the historical legacy of black music. Finally, even the world of country music is getting in on the conversation. Multi-platinum country trio Lady Antebellum officially shortened their name to Lady A early last week over connotations Antebellum has to the pre-Civil War South. The members of the band shared on social media that they are, quote, regretful and embarrassed that they had not previously considered the loaded history of the term. One problem, though, is that another artist already goes by Lady A. Anita White is a 61-year-old black blues singer who has performed under the pseudonym Lady A for over 20 years, releasing multiple albums. According to her, neither the band nor any members of their team reached out to her before making the change. Chalk this up as an attempt at allyship gone sour. With that out of the way, let's get down to business. 
Out of the hundreds of new releases this week, what do we have for our listening pleasure today, Ryan? We are listening to the single Sweeter, the latest one from Leon Bridges featuring L.A. jazz musician Terrace Martin, who provides some beautiful sax- uh, saxophone work on the song. Uh, it's a pared-down ballad set to a program drum beat and lyrically a reflective meditation on racism and the state of the country. Uh, I'll let Tara say it. Uh, this is meditation music. It is not music for the ears, but rather music for the heart. And it comes with a very moving video that uh, we encourage folks to check out as well. Very cool. And it wouldn't be tunes and tumblers if we didn't have something to go with it. Pedro, what do we have on deck for this amazing song? All right. So being that it's Century Club, we're doing shots for this particular series. So we have a very sweet and yet very tart shot for this song. Um, when I was listening to this song, the main thing that really just, I mean, like like Ryan said, it's meditation music. Um, so the lyrics are very, very powerful. And so I used the lyrics um, a lot to sort of inspire this this drink um even just the title sweeter i knew that i wanted to start with ingredients that were basically all sugar and very very delicious and the sweetest the my favorite shot as far as uh sweetness goes is usually involves uh rum chata so i decided to start with that and i added some grenadine to give it a little more of like a pink reddish hue to kind of go with the the album artwork which is absolutely beautiful um, so a kind of a, a nod to that. Um, and then with, with that sweetness, um, I kind of wanted to add something tart and maybe not, not as palatable or at least, at least sort of, you know, more unexpected. The song is all about hoping for something sweeter, uh, in life, hoping for something better. And then it just sort of not ending up that way. And it's just sort of this repeating cycle. Um, so I kind of wanted something to, um, to something to, to make a note of that in the drink. So I used, uh, sumac syrup, which Ryan has found, um, at a nearby, uh, market. Um, he brought it and, and told me that, you know, I got to try it and, and I did, and I, I decided to try it with a drink and it is, the flavor is absolutely explosive. Um, the sumac syrup itself is really tart and, and even like a little bitter, it's very acidic. So in contrast with the sweetness of the rum chat, it makes this amazing, amazing flavor. Um, and then I did a little research on sumac as well. There's sort of, you know, uh, mystical beliefs that go along with, you know, what, what sumac itself can be used for. And so I think it really, uh, it really goes with sort of the message of this, um, this song and what it, and what it hopes, uh, and, you know, and all the hopes and dreams that the artist sort of, uh, puts out there. Um, sumac, itself is is thought to uh, help resolve difficulty and conflicts um it's it's said to help activate and and protect um and can be used to smudge away negativity and it's supposed to help create harmony and i mean i think that's especially now um i think that's sort of those are sort of all things that we're hoping for um so it just felt like a great great ingredient to put into this drink um, and then the last thing I put on it was, uh, blue curacao, just a couple drops of blue curacao on the top. The line in the song that really hit me the hardest was, um, the tears of my mother rain over me. So I kind of wanted to nod to that. So the blue curacao is sort of the, the tears of my mother. Um, and then when it came to naming it, uh, there's another line I really liked about, um, the words of the king disappear in the air like a butterfly. 
Um, and given the colors of the drink and, and just sort of the way it looks, I thought, you know, a butterfly, it, it, it sort of reminded me of like wait, the patterns on the wings of a butterfly. So we're calling the shot a butterfly. Beautiful. Sounds delicious. Brilliant. It I can't see so it in good. person, but I have this beautiful um, image in my mind. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll be sure to post uh, post a photo so everyone can see. Yeah, it's it's beautiful and it is delicious. Um, I highly encourage you listeners to try it at home. The the flavors ridiculous. I can attest to that. It's stupid. Oh yeah, you guys live together. I keep forgetting. Like I'm just <laughs> I'm the one who's on the outs right now. Yeah, Ryan but gets yeah, to try let's... everything. <laughs> Let's yeah, I'm dive sleeping into in the it. courtyard these days, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's dive into it. Um, Drew, can you line up like a, a beautiful little cheers clink from your your seat over there in Burbank? Cheers clink. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, boys. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So immediately, listeners, I'm sure you know that our format is a little bit different today. Uh, Tunes and Tumblers is going into what we call Century Club for a little while. And Pedro, why don't you explain what a Century Club is for people who are not familiar? So Century Club is, at least from what I've seen, I've been to plenty of bars that have this, where they have a menu of 100 shots. It's a challenge, sort of. You have to take all of them. Not at once. Don't ever try to do them all at once. You will die. But um, the goal is to complete the entire menu and you get put uh, into the Century Club, which can differ, I guess, from bar to bar. Some people have plaques. Some people just write your name on a wall. But um, given that we were talking about maybe doing a new format and how we're doing everything remotely right now, we thought it'd be a good idea. So we're doing a Century Club. So uh, yeah, shots. We're doing shots now. Yeah, and because we're doing weekly now, we decided that we should keep the episodes a little bit shorter so that uh, they're easier to record, easier to get through, and that seems like the perfect way to do a shooter when you're at a bar. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. So anyway, guys, thank you for joining me today for our very first Century Club. Um, And given the political climate that's going on right now, I think like the best way to talk about the latest song from Leon Bridges is to discuss protest music right because um that's something that uh i i watched a video put out by Lindsay ellis um in the past week where she discussed the protest music of the early 2000s that was prefaced by this um idea that when the war started well at least we're gonna get some good music um and i think like when you go through uh different areas of political turmoil and and strife and maybe like calls for revolution like we get um music that kind of isn't really universal um the climate is always different whether you're talking about the vietnam war or the um september 11th the war in iraq and even post 2016 election um but i i kind of think like we're seeing a uniformity in the music that comes out or that is coming out right now um, what do you guys think about that, about the the music that we've seen just in the past few weeks alone? I think it's sort of like a testament to sort of the power of the current movement, right? I, I love seeing those posts where it talks about like everyone having a lane sort of in this whole thing, right? There's there's people who are activists, there's people who, you know, like to donate and support. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of different ways to sort of get involved um, and make your... Everyone can do something. 
and and put that out into the world in support of of everything that's happening and so i think it's like we're seeing so much music come out right now that is directly related to what's happening and it is it is for what's happening and i think that that's like i think that's the most powerful thing right you have this movement this revolution that's going on and when you like suddenly have a soundtrack to it as well that just makes it even more historic and it helps i think it it, it makes it it even makes it easier to understand what's happening i think music is the kind of thing that um it's easier to just you know play a song for someone than have than explain like what you're feeling sometimes you know what i mean and especially like listening to this song it I mean, I, I, you you can read all these articles and stuff, and and you you take in all this information, and then you hear a song like this, and it sort of sums it up. Um, it sums up a lot of those feelings in a very, in an in a nice like package. You know what I mean? And just makes it sort of easier to, to digest and relate to and understand. Um, there's something in music that does that better than anything else. Absolutely, and. I think personally, um, what I've noticed is that you can't really talk about the scope of this movement because it's huge. Mm-hmm. Like we, I don't think I've seen anything this big in my lifetime, but it, I don't think it would have happened at this scale if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Yeah. This is the primary focus. Like we're no longer at work. We're no longer, um, out and about as much as we used to, even though states are opening up. But um, this this is the thing that everyone can contribute to, and it's the thing that can't be ignored. And I think that we're seeing an intense focus from artists right now that mm-hmm. this is what needs to be talked about. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because Leon Bridges didn't write this this year. This was a track that that was written last year that he sat on for a bit and he decided um, after uh, what happened with George Floyd, that this was finally the time. Mm-hmm. And it kind of speaks to how institutional and deep seated these problems with policing in America are right. that you can write a lyric, like hoping for a life more sweeter. Instead, I'm just a story repeating and have that be relevant 5, 10, 15, 20 years later. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, seriously. That's, that's a good what point. I really loved about this song is that it it sort of drives it home that this has been happening for so long and for like, you know, over generations. And like, that's that was like the that was the heaviest part of the song for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it pairs with seeing some of the um historical images people have posting and noting that they aren't a whole lot different from some of the images we're seeing now calls for the same thing, you know, 40, 50 years ago. Um, and yeah, this song, um, I thought was effective in a lot of ways. I I was a little thrown off by the drum machine intro, um, kind of a clean, almost sterile, uh, sound to that drum machine, kind of cold and unfeeling. And to me, it sort of was, it kind of feels like this slow trudging, just uh, has like an anguished feel to it, you know? Like we just keep, we keep dragging along and seeing the same thing. And it expresses sort of the sense of uh, uh, exhaustion, I think, 
a lot of people have overseeing the this um you know like you mentioned the cyclical oppression mm-hmm. so i thought that was really effective actually especially from leon like he has shown himself to be much more than what he was pegged as um when um his first album came out um and when like river and smooth sailing were all over the radio like yeah here's this like fun little throwback almost novelty act Mm -hmm. but he has shown himself capable of so much more like i'm very interested to see what he's gonna do next i loved his ep that he did with kruangbin um i loved uh his second album had a lot of like contemporary r&b thrown in and just i i think like we've reached a moment in pop music and we i I re-listened to our Billie Eilish episode. It's not because like, I'm just uh self-indulgent. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to kind of like go back over some of the points we've made and see if I can extrapolate on them. But, um, pop music has become really thoughtful mm-hmm. and introspective. And you compare that with even 20 years ago. And Lindsay Ellis was talking about pop music when after September 11th happened as being, she called it big, dumb and loud. And I think that that is a fair <laughs> assessment. Like it's no, it's not bad. It's just it's kind of dumb and yeah. aggressively apolitical. Mm-hmm. It might be to, bad. From, it might be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not going to make any value judgments, but <laughs> I think that this is the climate for music like this. It feels very organic. What do you guys think? It certainly can be for some for some people i think you know um well it's like you said leon wrote this song what like a year ago mm-hmm. so it's and and he chose to do it now and i think it's 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 organic because it's it's coming from a real place right and he's releasing it now because this is the time for people to hear this and care you know what i mean like if he released this a year ago, yes, it'd, it'd still be a good song. It'd still be, it would still have a great message. But right now, this, like, this is the, this is the climate for it. And for it to really be heard and understood. And um, for people to actually, like, really take note of it. So, and not, the, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and I was going to say, not just take note, but hear it and maybe be spurned toward taking action. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it A year ago, it might have been easier to hear this song, you know, understand what it means and, and feel it. But, you know, then you just keep driving and the next song comes on. Whereas right now you hear this song and you're going to there's no way you don't think about what's happening around you right now at all. Um, and that's that's really that's 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 powerful. And that's uh, it, it's really smart of him to to have released it now when it, it it could do the most good. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's nice to have a way to act on this too. And Mm -hmm. previous, sometimes music can feel limiting. Um, you know, it it can make a statement and you're, it affects you, but you sort of, maybe you're empowered by it, but you don't know how to take action or address it. Right. Um, and now there's just so many ways to do that. So yeah, I think it's, all those factors relating together um, have made some of this particularly effective. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a good time to bring up that if you go into the episode description right now, you'll find a little link that is chock full of different ways that you can get involved, whether that 
be calling representatives, whether that being uh, donating or showing up to direct actions, there is plenty to look at and plenty to do for whatever lane you feel like you're occupying right now. Yeah, there's so many resources out there. And lo- and if like you can't donate, there's loads of things you could do just uh, that don't cost you any money and you could really help. Absolutely. And unfortunately, because of the truncated format, we have to say goodbye to you folks now. Um, any lingering thoughts before we close out, gents? F- just figure out the best way you can help, whatever that might be. And that could be so many different things. Um, don't feel like there's only one way for you to be effective. That's, I think, I feel like that's been a really important part. A lot of people, a lot of people feel like they can't do certain things or they can't do enough, but there's, there's something for everyone and, and every different kind of help is needed right now. So just find your thing. Absolutely. And I think that we need it more than ever right now. Thank you everyone for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by the irreplaceable Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And until next time, cheers. 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 Woo!